DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Got Quentin Henry and Jake DeMint. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. What? So, man, you have a um, you have a title coming up, which is crazy because, man, you've been only been doing this for, what, a couple years now? Yeah, 2019. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And, and just climb through the rankings really quickly in bare knuckle and just, like, now you're about to fight for the title with uh, against Lorenzo Hunt. So. Right. What's that looking like, man? Man, it's looking great. You know, I was talking to Jake the other day and a couple of different people, you know, about how it's, you know, it's coming together and it's just something that, you know, we kind of put out there in the universe and uh, it's kind of come together. So, you know, we've just been, you know, head down, grinding. We've been focusing on one fight at a time and mainly just, you know, not, we haven't specifically just been focusing on the fighters as much as just making me a better fighter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's so much more to learn uh, in bare knuckle. We haven't seen it all. So, you know, me and Jake get to nerd out a lot on that, you know, coming up with different things and different perspectives based on, you know, because I'm more of the MMA background. He's coming from the boxing. And, uh, you know, so we kind of mix that together. And, and, you know, it's really just starting to evolve into something for us. Yeah, that's something that uh, that's something I wanted to ask Jake about and you. But like moving from moving from MMA to this. And are you still practicing jiu-jitsu at all, like just to stay in shape? And- yeah. Uh, I mean, I still teach jiu-jitsu pretty <laughs> okay. regularly. Okay. Um, so- and then I grapple. I, I cut my grappling down when it gets close to a fight. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm still active doing jiu-jitsu. Do you think that's so- good for cardio and, like, clinch situations and stuff like that where you may not train that if you're just strictly doing, like, a boxing training? Yeah, and it's a little bit different type of cardio, you know? Like, with, with boxing, we're just trying to relax the whole time. Yeah. You know, you're trying to do be as fast as possible, relax, conserve all that energy, and in jiu-jitsu, you can't do that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the goal <laughs> with jiu-jitsu is to learn to do that, you know, through, um, through obstacles, people pushing and grabbing you. And, uh, yeah, you know, to a certain extent, it helps out. Um, I, I like the the mental, you know, competition with it. Um, you know, I can usually do a decent amount of grappling without worrying about getting cut, yeah. you know, and having serious injuries, you know, if I'm r- grappling with the right people, you know, and, uh, but yeah, man, I, I just, it's, it's also kind of a break for me, you know, because I kind of get almost obsessed with, with what I'm doing in boxing. And then, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of have to, all right, I need to reset. We're doing jujitsu and then get into that other world for a minute. And yeah. then, it, you know, it keeps both of them fresh. So kind of like a break, but you're still getting some, some work in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still training, yeah, you, know? Right. you know, so a lot of, and a lot of my jujitsu training, I've incorporated a lot of stuff from my boxing as far as footwork, warm ups, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Well, what have you seen Jake, like in this being here with Quentin uh, and in the corner and stuff and like, Moving from boxing to bare knuckle, like what's that looking like? Yeah, it's it's cool. I, I really didn't know what to think about it at first. I thought it was a little brutal, you yeah. know, at first. But um, it's been uh, a really, it's been, a, it's nice when you win, and then we've been out there winning, you know. And my experience with Quentin, my experience with Andy, I look forward to the same experience with Lauren, you know, going out there and and just outboxing them, yeah, you know. And it, it's been cool. It's definitely different. The two minute rounds is really strange to me. Because we acclimate to three minutes. Right. Everything we do is three minutes, and our minds and bodies are on a three-minute timer. In that two minute, it's like we get going, and then it's over. Yeah. So when to put the sprint, when to sprint, when to go is, is kind of, and strategies is a lot different. Like Quentin said, that the the uh, the formula hasn't even been come up with yet in bare knuckle. Like, we're still, we're still working yeah. on it. You know, uh, 
holds, checks, shoulder bumps, grabs. Uh, dirty boxing is encouraged, so it's not like the shit you see on TV. Right? Yeah, it's a gonna, little more. You're, you're not going to yeah. get somebody. The only time someone's going to break is because if nothing's happening. Right. You know what I mean? But if two guys lock up and they're banging, they're just yeah. going to let you. They'll let you hold, grab the head, hockey style. I mean, they like that. Yeah. Well, I like I liked what's what's happened here with it, and like, well, it's exciting too. This is what the first time it's been in Louisiana. Yeah. And. Yeah. Ever. Ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think the last sanctioned bare knuckle fight was like in 1851 in Hattiesburg. <laughs> I thought it was in New yeah. Orleans. Uh, yeah, they had one in New Orleans. Uh, or it was supposed to be in New Orleans, and I think it was getting shut down. Mm-hmm. And they ended up doing it in secret in uh, Meridian or Hattiesburg. Okay. Somewhere yeah. in Mississippi. They got a big monument and stuff over I there. Think, I think Marquez of Queensbury Rules was established in the late 1800s, which is where you have rounds and where you could strike and right. you want, it makes you wonder how many people got hurt and killed before they brought in those rules well man like it's just a it's brutal to me man because like i i mean i've we've never got a chance to really train together but i've trained with a lot of guys and heavyweight guys um sparred with them but always with gloves on like right i mean yeah we've had our times where we've done things outside of the yeah. outside of the you know gym where you weren't using any type of protection but like What's that like now? Like, what's that like transitioning from? I guess you were already using four ounce gloves, so, right? But like, what's that like transitioning just throwing these punches and taking the hits too? Man, uh, on the on the other note, like bare knuckle thing, they also rounds back then didn't end until you got knocked down. Oh shit! Okay. So like the last sanctioned fight went seventy five rounds. Holy shit! So that means there were seventy four knockdowns in the fight, and that that's how long a round would go. So you know, as many people died, probably a lot. Yeah. If those were God. the rules. Holy you shit! Know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, you had guys <laughs> back then that were coming out of you know the the Irish potato famine, yeah. and you know people that really knew what it was like to be hungry. Yeah. And if they didn't win, they didn't get my money. So they might as well be dead, a lot of them. So there's no telling, you know, how that went. Because uh, 75 rounds, bro, no, I'm done. No, that's, I'm done. You know, we've got a lot of rules and stuff now that, that have completely, you know, cut all that down. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we got the two-minute rounds. That's one of the reasons yeah. it's only five rounds. Um, you know, so, but, you know, as far as getting hit, it was nerve-wracking. And at first, before it had ever happened. And then once I got hit, I was like, all right, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. You know, um, it stings more, you know, and really the best one of the best ways to describe it is like it's the difference if I were to slap you in the back or punch you in the back. Yeah, you know, right, it's okay. there's the the surface pain is a lot more. You know, there's like a burn, but as far as the the shock wave getting sent into your brain and your head, it's nowhere near as bad. Um, you know, like in MMA, I pretty much I mean I fought at 185. I was cutting a lot of weight. But every time I got hit, I could hear my head rattle or ring. Yeah, there's that. There's that. Yeah, there's that ringing when those right. gloves tap your face for some. It's like yeah, thud it and sounds that like uh, when you kick a kickball. It's because yeah. of the hand it's wrap. The same I mean, noise. We, we're allowed to wrap your hand like a cast. I mean, everything that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> right. You know, you don't have that luxury. The human body, it's made. You know, we have joints, and it's you know one of the principles in jujitsu is that you know the more joints I have between you know my leverage and the fulcrum, the weaker it is, right? Yeah. So I don't want to pull from your hand because all these joints are weak points because they're made to absorb or flex. And when you wrap a hand, it takes the ability for that to happen away. So now when you hit me, you know you're just given. You know, right. your hand and your wrist isn't absorbing any of the impact. So, you know, um, but it's it's almost impossible to hit somebody full force and your wrist not give. 
Yeah. And, you know, so you watch a lot of the videos or you see some stuff like in slow motion when they have stops and stuff. Everybody's wrist when it lands is, is bent somewhat. Yeah, you see different angles. If you see, it's, it's interesting because you see when you have gloves on, everything looks crisp and perfect right. in, in highlight reels and, oh, yeah. it's in, in still shots. But in your guys' sport, it's like there's weird angles where I didn't think your punch landed clean, but right. it fucking did. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. So, and then, you know, if your hands are wrapped and then they have an MMA glove or a boxing glove, you're not getting that bend in the wrist. Right. You know, you're not getting that type of, uh, of, uh, absorption as far as the impact goes um you know i think one of the one of the big reasons it's safer is because people are starting to learn that they just can't throw any punch right you know like in boxing a lot of times uh you know the goal is to be accurate the goal is to hit them on the chin or in the soft tissues of the face but it's okay if that doesn't happen yeah you know what i mean like boxers are worried about don't hit him on top of the head well, besides that, everything else is pretty much okay. Right. And in bare knuckle, uh, you know, I was talking to Lauren the other day because we were talking about, you know, the difference in like what I'm doing versus what I used to do. And, uh, you know, that's what I was telling him. I was like, look, every time you punch, because we have to spar with gloves on. Yeah. But you have to understand the difference in where that was a good punch or a bad punch. And I said, so just I tell myself every time I throw a punch and if it doesn't land in the soft part of the, like the mask of the face, um, you know, or somewhere in the stomach, then I just broke my hand and the fight's over. So being that's, accurate is way more important than just landing the shot. Well, that's a, that's a good point because I never even thought about that. But yeah, that makes sense because, yeah, I mean, you have no protection at all. And, right. and those those spots that don't give are going to. Right. They're yeah. Gonna, yeah, you're going to so, be in trouble. And there's a lot of guys that, you know, they either learn or don't learn that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's been actually. Based on the studies that they've been doing, there's been less hand fractures in bare knuckle than there have been like regular boxing. Um, you know, but it's because of the fact that you know, I, I mean, you see some of the fights these guys throw with reckless abandon, right? Uh, but at the same time, the more experienced guys are the better ones. They're they know this, and they're they're being more accurate with their punches. Uh, like you look at the punch counts compared to like a boxing round, about half as many punches are thrown, and about a quarter of the punches are landed. You know what I mean? Because the risk reward factor is a lot, you know, it's greater in bare knuckle. If I don't land this right, you know, you know, if you got a guy who's good at checking leg kicks, you're probably not going to throw as many, you know, and then this guy doesn't have to be good at throwing leg kicks, you know, (laughs) or checking them. You just got to mess up once and now my hands broke. Um, You know, and there's been some guys that have had issues with that, you know, and then they continue to fight and all, but uh, you know, there's just other things to consider, um, you know, as far as like, there's less brain damage, but there's a little bit more like superficial damage as far as getting cuts or, you know, see, uh, having to get sutures and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, but what I tell people is, you know, that doesn't keep me from teaching my grandkids their ABCs. Yeah. You know, because I got a couple stitches, but brain damage will, you know, <laughs> CTE will, um, you know. So, you know, there's that. And then, you know, in my training, I try and think about, you know, taking that into consideration is the fact that every time you get hit, there's a chance to get cut. You know, and, you know, you might go an entire boxing round or fight and take a lot of shots and not have one cut. That's not going to happen in bare knuckle. Yeah, it's, you know, you're getting cut at some right. point. Yeah. Pretty much, if, if you get hit, you know, a quarter of the time, you're at least going to get cut, if not every time, depending on who's hitting you and where they're hitting you. So, you know, the importance of head movement and defense is, uh, is a lot different. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's been interesting. I think the last time I talked to you, you were getting ready to fight um, Chris Levin. Right, and that was an insane matchup, man. And just just to watch you go in the ring with him, and and you know fight someone of that caliber and do so well. I mean, dude, you sit there, and, you know, y'all y'all went. I mean, y'all banged out. Right. <laughs> that yeah. dude could throw too. It was we insane, threw down. Man. Right. 
And um, just to see you continue to progress after that, man, it's just it's been awesome to watch because, like, like you said, these guys that it's interesting to me because you're coming from MMA, um, so and and that's how I know Jake and know you, and you know, like being well versed in that's interesting, but it's also cool to see these people transition from there. You know, like I'm seeing new people constantly move from UFC to there and stuff right. like that. Um, but I think it is important that. Like you said, that you were talking to Lauren about you know adjusting those shots and stuff. I think it's important for people to know that. But I did see um, that last card. It was probably two weeks ago. Um, Dotson, right, dude, that was insane. Yeah. That little dude is so fast. Yeah, he is wild. And then Taylor Starling having she had some trouble. Man, that was that was rough. Yeah, that was that was strange. Uh, yeah, you know, but I, I kind of see. I, I know what she feels almost. Yeah, you know, that's uh, you know, and it it wasn't. It was kind of what I felt like in the beginning that she was kind of getting pushed to the top a little too soon. Yeah. You know, not that she doesn't have the potential to be a champion or beat Christine. I think she definitely does. But at the same time, Christine is a is an OG of this. Yeah. You know, and um, and uh, Taylor. You know, she's had some great fights and uh, had some pretty good wars, but she's still young. Yeah. In the sport, and uh, you know, but I think a lot of times, and the same thing happened with me when I got when I fought Levin. You know, in my mind, he was. He was on a, a level that I hadn't achieved yet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'd gotten too hyped up and I was too excited thinking that that was something that I needed. And really, you know, I learned at the end of that fight, I was well within his league, you know, if not over it. Yeah. And uh, the only thing he had me is he was calm and I wasn't. And, uh, you know, so once you kind of have that moment and you've been thrown into it a little bit, a lot of times it, it helps you to feed off of and come back from. So I'm hoping that's kind of what's going on with her. Yeah. I, th- I think it, yeah, I think it's an amazing point because like so many people were talking shit. I'm like, dude, first off, I'm sure she's probably never been hit that hard. I mean, that's just being honest. Like right. t- that caliber of competition, like, you know, the girls she's fought have been game, but right. Christine's just, you know, yeah, you know, and then people don't understand the the damage that's done when you do get hit with a bare knuckle punch. Yeah. You know, so like you take my fight, my last fight, for example, uh, I got hit once. Well, in that one punch, I broke my cheekbone and I broke my orbital in two spots. Holy shit. So the bottom of my orbital and then to the inside of my sinus cavity was blown out. And I had, he said on my sinus cavity, it looked like if you were to like thump an egg and it dented, it was cracked like that. And that that was one punch. Uh, you know, and it was right before I dropped him in the first round. He had hit me with a little jab, and I was like, oh, damn. Like, that hurt, like, way more than it should. And I was like, <laughs> I'm about to hit him. So, you know, it was like, I need to, you know, wham, right? and he dropped. I was like, damn. And then as soon as I walk off, you can see I'm kind of rubbing my face. And uh, I just didn't understand, like, why that hurt so bad, pretty much, you know. And then I went in between rounds, and that was the first thing I was telling Jake. I'm like, look, bro. My eye hurts. I'm yeah. like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, but I, it's like, it's killing me. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, can you see? And then, you know, I covered one eye and I could see out of it and I covered the other one. My other eye was good. But when I opened both of them, it was like double vision. And they were calling us, they were like, the whistle was blowing while yeah. he was doing that. They were like, come on, yeah. you gotta oh, go. Shit. And Jake, then, yeah. what, what I remember, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, I remember ahead. this is the last fight, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, I go up there, I'm like, oh, snap. And I'm trying to tell Joe, because his father's working the corner with us. I'm trying to tell him, like, something's wrong with his eye. And I'm walking down the stairs, and the fight started. I can hear the crowd roar. And just as I sit down to look, I see the dude fall, <laughs> and he's holding his face. And his face is just in, he's just leaking everywhere, and the fight was over. Yeah. Like, as I was taking my seat, Quentin had already, un- had, it was over. 
That was an exciting moment. Bro, Go back, bro. It was time to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah. knew, you, you knew yeah. there was something wrong. Was it like, was, okay, you know, and I was setting up, you know, but like I, when I told Jake that in the corner, and he was like, "All right, well, look, man, you just got to deal with that shit." <laughs> He's like, "I don't know what else to tell you, but well, saying you it, just got to deal with it." Uh, you know, like, get it in your mind right now that you just got to deal with it. Like, and I'm like, "All right, get over with." And then you know, we, you know, the the double jab we had talked about. You know, like I've been sticking with the jab, hit a double jab. Uh, you know, and I had a pretty sweet combo I was coming for on a third punch, but you know, the last two dropped him. Um, you know, but that that that's the thing. You know, she could have just taken. I mean, she got hit pretty hard a couple times. Yeah. You know, and to lose your sight and to have that pain is is weird. Um, yeah, that's what that, that's where I was getting at. I was like, when I said not to say that you know she's not a game opponent because she's badass. I've talked to her numerous times and she's awesome. I just think that. When people are talking shit about that, like you do not right. realize, yeah. like you all these the people, moment. especially these people who are, of yeah. course, you always have the guys who are talking shit that have never even stepped in there. But even some of the people who have stepped in there on the MMA side or right. the boxing side, it's not the same. So, I mean, I know Christine. I've hung out with her a few times at fights and stuff like that. Like she would beat up some guys her size. Oh, I, I believe you it. know that didn't that didn't train like yeah. some of these guys making comments. She oh, would outbox them. I believe it, and it would be embarrassing. Yeah. You know, but. <laughs> That's just, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, people are always going to talk. They're always going to have their, you know, that's that's why you got to find something that makes you happy outside of this. Yeah. Well, what do you, uh, so Lorenzo is talking a lot of shit. Right. Um, but what, that's his game, I think. Uh, how are you guys preparing for that and what are y'all doing? And like, and where, where where's your head at on all that? Oh, man. My head's in a really good place. Yeah. You know, I've just been doing me. Yeah. Um, you know, we know what we need to do as far as, you know, how hard we need to train, where we need to go with things. And, you know, I've been, uh, I've had a lot of, you know, good sponsors this time. So, you know, uh, I've been able to pretty much come over here at least twice a week and work with Jake. He usually drives over, you know, one day a week. Uh, we got a new guy, Mark Malone, has been coming in from uh, Dallas area. Tyler, yeah. Oh, Tyler, Tyler yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark's a Mark. stud. You know, he's basically just a bigger Lorenzo. Okay. Um, you know, and the dude's Boxes better, a little he's, better. Yeah, he's a better boxer. Um, so, you know, I've been getting a lot of rounds in with him. That's been super good, you know, having somebody, you know, with speed and agility, uh, you know, somebody quicker. And he's got, you know, like I said, he's bigger than – he's actually got reach on me, you know, so it's – uh, I'm bigger than Lorenzo is. I right. have reach on him. So getting to work with somebody of that caliber has helped out a lot, you know, in camp. And, uh, man, we're, as far as headspace goes, I'm in a great place. Yeah. You know, we're, everything's running on all cylinders. Yeah. You, I, th- I just to add to that, I'm sorry, but like whenever that kind of stuff is going on, it just focus, it just, it just helps us focus on our goal even more yeah. and, and turn our, we don't, we don't have time for any of that. We have too much to do. I mean, the guy can box, but we're better, yeah. you know, we're a better boxer. Well, I, yeah, and I, I've been able to see you evolve since back, dude, when we were fighting ring rulers. I mean, so long right. ago, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's been awesome to see that. But, like, um, yeah, man, the, the whole the – whole, like, there's people that – there's some people that that's their game, you know, to try to get someone else's head. That's their right. game. And there's some people that love that shit, and some people just don't entertain it. And, you know, so it's just always interesting to see how that plays out, you know. Man, I really just think it's funny yeah. to the most part, um, you know, you can't unless you engage in it. It can't affect you. Yeah, that's you know. It. So, uh, you know, I'm just not interested in engaging in it. You know, my fan base isn't isn't requiring that of me. That's right. not what I've built my career on. You know, doing podcasts like this, and that's what that's the stuff they want to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't want to see me sitting there hollering over somebody or 
you know, any of that kind of nonsense. And it, it would be disingenuine if I were to do it. Right. You know, so, um, you know, that's his thing. He's the one that, that acts like a clown and does all the theatrics. You know, that's something that he needs, apparently, to fuel himself and, uh, you know, have at it. But, you know, uh, once I go join your circus, now I'm the clown, too. Yeah. And uh, I'm not about that life. That's a good way to put it. That's, that's a good way to put it for sure. Well, how do you feel about bringing this this title to, to Monroe, man? I, that's awesome. Like man. just just thinking about that just gives it me is. chills because I mean I feel like that's where it's all that's where it all started, right? You know, right. Like that's where you're at. Yeah, man, that was uh, it's super strange because people were like, "Man, how'd you pull that off? How, how did that happen?" And uh, you know, it's it's weird because uh, when when I first started bare knuckle, it was only legal in like two states, you know. But I talked to the commissioner here. He had come watch the fights, and he's like, you know, the MMA commissioner, Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. And he yeah. was like, man, we do need to get this over here, and and uh, you know, so ever since then, I, you know, I've kind of been active in trying to see if we could get it get it started. And uh, you know, our mayor back in Monroe, Friday Ellis, I started talking to him and about it, and I was like, look, we're trying to get it passed. Uh, you know, so I kind of maybe, you know, stretched the truth a little bit back and forth, but, you know, it ended up, you know, working out, you know, I, you know, I just talked to him Friday and was just telling him like, look, you know, we, you know, talked with Feldman, these guys, they want to make, you know, Monroe, like the BKFC capital of Louisiana. Like when they come to Louisiana, they're coming back here every time, you know? And he was like, man, I'm on board. That's awesome. You know, that's what we want to do. And then I go talk to David Feldman and I was like, look, I just talked to Friday Ellis and, <laughs> He wants yeah. Monroe to be the bare knuckle capital of Louisiana. Like yeah. he wants y'all to come here every time. And David was like, "Man, that sounds awesome. That's what we want to do." You know. So, uh, and they they've just got a they have a history of going back to the same places as long as they're treating them right. Right. As do any promoters. You know. Um, as long as it's a good environment for them to promote, and uh, you know, and, and our area feels like you know, Monroe isn't exactly the Shreveport. You know, as far as size goes, but. You know, we're, we're a pretty big town, and as far as relative to other areas, Jackson, Vicksburg, Shreveport, Dallas-Fort Worth, we're right here on I-20. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, and, and my people love fighting. Well, it's like a rural me- metro there. Right. It really is, because there's a lot of people in those outlying areas that come there. You right. Know? And there's yeah. a, it's a quite I mean, a people. Monroe's not a, a small town, per right. se. It's like the fourth or fifth biggest in Louisiana, you know, whatever that amounts to. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but we just don't have the, the events like we used to, you know, so... Uh, but I'm I'm super excited to bring that back, you know, because I mean I've got I've got fans all over the place, and when I travel a decent ways, I still have a decent amount of fans come and watch. But that's probably only ten or fifteen percent of them, right? You know, not everybody can take the weekend off and go see a fight, you know. So you know, getting to be able to do it at home, and then people, you know, at the worst get a babysitter, but they can bring their kids if they want to, you know. Oh, it's uh, all ages yeah. thing too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Even, even that, kids okay. can come. So yeah, man, it. Uh, we, there's always a bunch of kids there. I'm okay. usually taking all kinds of pictures and stuff. Gotcha. So, but yeah, getting to do that back at home, you know, and like I said, it was just something that we had put out in the universe a long time ago. I was telling people, you know, they're like, when are they doing it in Louisiana? I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm working on it, but you know, I'm hoping they're, you know, I get to fight for a title on the first show when they come here. And, uh, I even told Friday that we're, you know, all that, but yeah. that was just, I just kept saying it over and over again. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up, you know, coming to fruition. Yeah, I think it's – I remember, man, probably – it's probably been 12 – I know Jake remembers this, but coming from over here, like probably 12 years ago, whatever, we would – it was like every weekend we had fights here and we had fights in Monroe. We'd right. come over there. It was always excited to come there, you know. Oh, yeah. A lot of times it was us against y'all, you right. know what I mean? But that was back before the, the family kind of grew, you know, right. for the whole state, you know. But I remember, um, yeah, man, it was – it's and it just hadn't happened in a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, like if Shreveport is a fight town, Monroe's equally a fight yeah, town. Yeah, sure. And and like wherever he goes in Monroe, people holler out Quinn, Quinn. You know, <laughs> since I've been hanging out with him, I'm like people know who I am hanging out with this guy. Yeah. And and what's great is that he has a big support system, a huge fan base, and I wouldn't say entourage. I would say probably like a posse. These are a group of people, tough, rough guys that hang out with him, and, and they come to all his fights. And uh, I've gotten to know him the last two years, and uh, just hanging out, going to dinner after the fights. It's, it's a great Waffle House. Waffle House. <laughs> great, great vibe. I mean, We're not sponsored yet, but we're working We're going to get Waffle House and Adidas. We're working yeah. on Adidas. Shout out Adidas, Adidas and yeah. Waffle Adidas. House. Adidas. I'll drive that that car that's jacked up that says Waffle House on yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, look, that'd be, a good, that'd be a good pool. I'm sure they've never well, sponsored a fighter for it. It'd be awesome. Bare knuckle champion. Hell yeah, man! That's the fight arena. (laughs) It's definitely that's where we trained at Waffle House. Right? Yeah, out in the parking lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) That's training grounds. Yeah. Anyways, no, it's great. He's got a great support system in Monroe, and it's great to see that. And just like we have it here, we have a huge fight community. Everyone's behind everyone. Everyone's got each other's back. Over there, it's huge. Yeah, I just man, it's just it's so interesting, man. How how all this all this stuff has evolved and I've I've talked about it on the show before with multiple people who's kind of we've all came up together. I mean you've talked about it. Me and Quentin probably talked about it last time, but like how it's evolved of the growth of this area, this whole state, you know, especially the northern part of the state and what we've all done collectively together. Like mm-hmm. everyone kinda of helping each other out and quit kind of bickering against each other and kind of grown this and everyone's kind of gotten in their element and, you know, playing on their strengths now, found their, found their lane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a positive environment for combat sports nowadays. Everyone's grinding. Everyone's working. Future's bright. I mean, we're, the, the, the lane has been paved by, like, the Robert Visitations. And, yeah. you know, um, there's, there's so many names of people that have come before us and, and made it for us. And now here we are paving another lane for the, the next generation. And the talent that's coming up now is pretty cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean... No telling what what's in store. I was surprised with how many people from this area, Louisiana in general, uh, raised their hand when Bare Knuckle came. I mean, Brandon Shavers, Lauren Thibodeau. I mean, it, so the list was. I have a long list of people. Well, who like, do we have coming in? Because I, I haven't even looked at the card or anything. It's okay. all like public now. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's public what, now. But who been, do we have local that we know that are coming on the okay, show? Okay. Uh, you got uh, Bosnick versus Thibodeau Bosnick. too. And so bare knuckle. Holy yeah. shit! So this is Bosnick Thibodeau again. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. Bare knuckle. Yeah, they're they're locked in. Okay. Got Quentin. We got uh, Andy fighting. She's fighting. I forgot the girl. They just switched her opponent because one girl dropped. So Andy Andy uh, Win is yeah. fighting. Yeah. And uh, Blake Lacaze is fighting. Right. Yeah. Right. He's yeah, fighting. He's been that. training with Quentin a little bit over at. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you ever seen him fight, he's phenomenal. I'm, I'm not sure. Is he, did he fight MMA? Uh, uh, no, he's a boxer. No, he's boxer. a boxer. Oh, yeah. he's a boxer. He fought on a Amber show yeah, at he, the Mudbugs Arena a couple years ago. He's okay. like six seven. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. one seventy five. Yeah. yeah, yeah, real tall yeah. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a great boxer. Really good boxer. But it surprised me. He stepped up. Brandon Shaver stepped up, and uh, I got a we got a long list of people that wanted in that had never done bare knuckle. They yeah. just wanted in because it's coming, you know, and they want to represent. So we could really make a team right here in Louisiana of people to fight everyone else I mean, with that yeah, many no people. Doubt. We can make a, a team Louisiana. Well, yeah, and it's it's still a growing sport too. Cause there's not a lot of fighters there yet. You know, what I mean, I see right. they're coming in, but not near as what it would be in MMA or even boxing. Yeah, yeah, know, for the sure. Pool's a lot more, you know, small. 
Yeah, and you know we're kind of at the same stage MMA was in its early development. You know, because right. like we've only been legal for three years, and one year of that was COVID. You know, so you know when the MMA first started back in the nineties, you had wrestlers, you had boxers, and you know nowadays in MMA you have people who have lived their whole life training for MMA. Yeah, we talk about that a lot because that's yeah. it's insane what the, the difference right. is. You know, and then now you're just now starting to get guys who are like thinking about bare knuckle as they're coming up through amateurs. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know guys at my gym. You know, we train boxing, but I train them like bare knuckle fighters. You know, if they have a, a boxing matchup, you know, we obviously yeah you can't do this. Uh, you know, but to be to train in the sport, you know, throughout your whole career is a different thing, and to trying to swap gears because it's something new. Yeah, and uh, you know, bare knuckle, you had to be a professional before you can fight, or anyway, you had to have at least three pro fights uh, in either boxing, kickboxing, or, or any of. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Is I didn't it know still that. like that? Is uh, it still like that? Now they they take people in through tryouts and yeah. stuff like that, but they will they will consider your. Um, your amateur record and stuff now, like if you've had a lot more MMA fights and stuff, but originally it was, you had to have at least three professional fights before they let you get in. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, man, it's just, it's still like we're talking about, it's still developing as far as that goes. And you're starting to see guys like, you know, one of them I've been holding out on is Jesse Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, I've been talking to him about getting on the card. Um, and he's he's like a phenom as yeah. far as a kid who's been going through Golden Gloves and amateur boxing and different titles and stuff back through. And, uh, you know, like I can see, like I, the first time I saw him in a boxing match, yeah. it was like an amateur match at the rec. And I was like, yeah. I came and talked to him and his dad. I was like, man, you ever thought about bare knuckle, you know? <laughs> and he was like, I was like, I'm telling you, like your style would be. Would and, be. and Jesse Fletcher did want to fight bare knuckle originally, but he started training with uh, Shakur Stevenson. He joined right. camp with him, and he became a sparring partner for him recently. Now, Jesse Fletcher is one of the most decorated amateurs to come out of Louisiana in the last few years, and he's from he's from Lafayette or Rain, somewhere down there. Anyways, he was really interested in it. We were like, man, if this guy gets in bare knuckle, he's going to kill everyone. Yeah. But I think... Uh, the money he, he's going after the the boxing money, you right. know, and I think that's he he has a chance of going pretty far, and maybe maybe at the end of his career he'll go into I don't know what he wants to do, but he was definitely considering it. Yeah, that's another thing too is the money thing. It's like uh, I, I know they're still trying to figure all that out. It seems yeah. like you know. Well, I mean, somebody like Jesse Fletcher, if he keeps his head on his shoulders and does right, he's he's destined to be a millionaire. Just right. sticking with regular what he's always done, right. you know what I mean? There's uh, there's plenty of you know I think he's uh, he's on Freddie Roach's team or something. Mm-hmm. At yeah, one he time. works with him too. Um, yeah. You know, so I mean, uh, he's kind of got the the steps laid out for him in that. But you're but there's going to be people who that who come through that. Like you know, had had bare knuckle been legal when I was 16, 17, 18, like I would have been about that life. I'd yeah. be like, no, I'm going to go do this, and that's that's what I would have done for the past twelve years. Um, you I know, mean, so. You'll start to see more people coming out like that. What made you transition from um, MMA? Because you were, you had some time off there before you jumped into bare knuckles. So what was that? What Man, made you transition it was there? really just burnout from yeah. MMA. I yeah. was pretty much just done. Um, you know, I'd I'd lived through the glory days that once were you know back when everything was pretty pure, yeah. and then I lived through the the civil wars between all the promotions and. Yeah. And, you know, you end up being the victim of that a lot of times. And it was just so many things that just were telling me I don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so and I'd been dealing with some injuries and, uh, you know, I was just I was happy outside of fighting and I decided I wanted to be happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then bare knuckle called on a whim. 
they needed a last minute opponent. I took the fight on like three week notice. Um, and I was like, because they were paying like 2,500 bucks, which was way better. You know, I'd made more than that in MMA. Right. But like I had to win to make Right, exactly. That. That's right. better than If I lost, like, I wouldn't have made that much. Right. You know, but they were, I was like, do I have to win? And they were like, no, nah, it's just straight pay. <laughs> I'm like, huh, I'll fist fight somebody for $2,500. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, did it. And then it just took off. And, you know, the rest is kind of history because, uh, you know, and, and I'd said this on interviews before and, you know, talking about, you know, past MMA fights and stuff like that. It was, you know, there might, there are people out there that might've been a better wrestler than me or, uh, you know, things of that nature. But I don't think there's anybody on the planet that's going to walk out in the street or out in the parking lot and fist fight me. Yeah. And, uh, and then they made fist fighting legal. <laughs> so, you know, it just, and I was, I was 28, you know, I was really at the perfect time as far as maturity and then, you know, experience went. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the stars kind of aligned there. God was God was, you know, painting a, a good one for me. Yeah, I think it I think it's interesting how that happened because like, you know, everyone kind of went their separate way there after kind of like you said, like the glory days and then some people kinda of followed a path and some people just got into their own lane. Right. And the next thing I know I was like, Oh shit, he's fighting bare, what is bare knuckle? I didn't even know right. until I I mean I I knew, but like I you didn't see it much on right. the mainstream and then I saw you pop up. I was like, damn, okay. Right, I can get into this. Yeah, it started to get pretty popular after that. You yeah, know, I'm not saying I'm responsible, but I helped. Yeah, you of know, course. I mean, yeah, of course. Like my first fight because Brandon Martin, uh, he's my you know the other black belt at my school in West Monroe. Uh, he fought on BKFC two. Okay, the, the second one they had in Mississippi. It was the first one ever in Mississippi since like 1851, and he did awesome. Um, he he lost in the second round, but he lost to uh, Marcel Stamps, who fought for the title at one yeah. time. Uh, but he beat the crap out of Marcel the first round, dropped him, had him wobbled, you know, but it was like brand new at that point. Like this is the second show they've ever done. And, uh, you know, I was still fighting and competing MMA there at the time. And man, I, I liked it. I was like, man, this is cool. And, uh, you know, I was listening to Chris Lytle and in the back and he was, they were like, why are you doing this? I think it was stitch was back there. Okay. Asking, you know, I'm like fanboying. Cause yeah, I'm, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, he's like, man, he's like, you know, I saw that, uh, I think Joe Riggs had done it overseas or something. And he was like, I saw him do that. And he was like, and something just told me, uh, you know, if I don't do that, then I'm not a real combat athlete. He's like, I need to do that. I need to check that off my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he had he had flown overseas and done it. And then I think he fought twice for bare knuckle. You know, and then I was thinking that when he said that, I was like, I get that. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I was like, if the opportunity ever came up, you know, I'd, I would regret saying no. And uh, and then it did. You know, I didn't even come looking for it. They actually called looking for Brandon, and he was uh, working or couldn't do it in short notice or something. And I was like, and they said, well, what do you weigh? I'm like, hey, I can, I, you know. It was supposed to be at like 200 pounds at first. And then it was, can you do 205? Can you do 210? Can you do 215? I'm, I said yes to every one of them. and Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I was walking around at like 202 or something, so – you know, I weighed in at like two eleven, and I had breakfast that day. You know, so, um, but yeah, it was just that's that's mainly what it was. Is that I didn't, I knew if I didn't do it, I'd be sitting there like, man, I had a chance to do that, and I said no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you and, and the cutting weight thing's different too now, right? Because I, I mean, you you fought at one eighty five, right? For an MMA, mm-hmm. so did I. And that last time I cut weight, which was probably, man, four years ago, five years ago. It almost killed me, man. Right. Like, and so it is. It's it's interesting now to see, like, and also as you get older, you build more muscle, and it's harder to get that weight right. off. I think, but um, I felt like that. I just I my I just wasn't the same. I was bigger, and so that weight cut was harder. Oh yeah. And now, like, you're able to stay your 
walk around size Pretty basically much. and just shave a little weight off. Right. Um, what? How strict are they on the on the the weigh ins? Like, is it similar to UFC or they're a little more lenient? Or you still have a choice to I say mean, I want this or I don't want it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we get a one pound grace every time, and it's it's pretty much how we did it in MMA. You okay. know, your opponent gets on the scale. You know, I mean, have somebody watching. You know, my dad is always that's his job at the weigh ins. He watches the scale. Yeah, when my opponent weighs, um, you know, so yeah, and then they come back and they ask, you know, well, he's overweight. You know, blah blah. And, you know, my answer is always the same. It's like, well, he's got the two hours. Yeah, good luck. You know, um, so. But yeah, I mean, it's about the same. I haven't had somebody miss weight on me yet in bare knuckle, but um, you know, I'm 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 pretty comfortable with my weight where I'm at. You know, I used to walk around a lot smaller at 185, but really, like, I felt like 195 would have been a good weight class. I feel for like me. that's a perfect weight class, and right. never happened. And uh, I was pushing for them to do that in bare knuckle, and they still might. There's been talks about it, but you know, because uh, you know, I could walk around at. One at like 200 or 195, pretty easy. But yeah. man, when I started getting lower than that, it was killing me. Yeah. And just physically, I felt weaker. Um, you know, so, and then one of the things that, you know, where we're talking about when you get hit and you're ringing your bell, a large part of that is the fact if you're dehydrated yeah, or not. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. And if you've cut, you know, 20 pounds in two weeks, then 15 of that was water. And, you know, so, and, and then that water has to get back around your brain before it's going to prevent you from getting head, you And know, it doesn't happen that trauma. quick either. No, not not within 24 no, hours. No. Uh, you know, and that was a big consideration and, you know, as to why, one of the reasons I was done with MMA and, you know, one of the reasons I, I do fight at a higher weight class yeah. at Bare Knuckle, because, I mean, I could make 85 if I had to, but it cost them a lot of money, you know, for me <laughs> to do that. But I'm, I, I feel like my ability to take punches is way better. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it is like I feel like it, the energy level, the you know, right. and also being comfortable. And I feel like a lot of people think, "Well, oh, you're lighter, you're faster." Not not necessarily. Like if you're not at full yeah. energy, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're running on like half a tank, man. And uh, when you're cutting that much weight, your glycogen levels are always low. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know. And then when that adrenaline dump hits you, you ain't got nothing left. Yeah. And. Uh, so, you know, and I fought like that for years, um, you know, but I, I had fights at heavyweight and 205 when I was in MMA, and I loved it. You know, I felt great. But it's just the fact that in mixed martial arts, you know, John Jones will fight at 205, and that dude walks around at 250. Right. And he spent his entire life cutting weight as a wrestler. You know, so, you know, that's 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 a different sport, really. And if you're not built for that, then, you know, that was my biggest issue as far as Because at 205, I was super small. You know, I would fight other 205s, and I fought a couple heavyweight guys, but they were guys that just didn't cut. Right. You know, they weren't bodybuilder-looking, you right. know, guys like that. So, um, you know, and then, but bare knuckle, I, I used to, when I first started, I was kind of walking around like 202, but they had me listed as like a heavyweight, and they were talking about doing a like a heavyweight tournament, and my name was in there, and... Uh, I looked at who all was in it, and the smallest guy in there was Gabriel Gonzaga, and he was like 6'3", 265 Damn. or something like that. I'm like, geez. I'm like, all right, so I need to put some weight on yeah. is what I thought. So I got up to about 240, uh, was eating just nonstop, lifting weights, working out, um, and this was like right around the corona time, so I had plenty of time to do that. Yeah, I remember your size was up there. I was wondering, okay, guys. Yeah, I'd gotten pretty big, and then, but my body was falling apart. Yeah. My back hurt, my shoulders hurt, my hips, my feet, it's everything. And then finally, I was at my sports therapist guy, and he was like, um, you know, I said, man, I think if I lost a little weight, you know, I'd, I'd feel a little better. And he was like, I think if you lost 20, 
to 25 pounds, you'd probably, 85% of your problems would go away. <laughs> I'm like, for real? He was like, yeah, yeah, I just, had, I just didn't want to tell you because I know you've been trying to, you know, get bigger. He's like, but for real, you need to lose weight. You know, so you're not. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to drop to 205, you know. So, but it, it helped out because then it made me, you know, because I spent so many years trying to stay at 185, you know, my frame was smaller. Yeah. You know, so then getting that push to heavyweight and then cutting back down, you know, it, it got better. So, you know, I walk around about, uh, well, before, you know, I used to walk around about 210, 212, like year round. You know, and that was uh, during Corona, right off the end of it, because I was just obsessed. It was just all I did. Uh, you know, I've got, see, that in July, I was accidentally, I was 242. Just, just happened, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had that fight. I broke my face. Yeah. And then they were like, you can't do anything for, you know, two weeks. And so, and I'm not used to that. Like, even when I'm not training, I'm training other people. And uh, so I pretty much just had to sit around for two weeks. And then, you know, I just went however many weeks not eating good. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to do is eat good. Uh, man, and it was just, uh, and then, you know, I got back to working out. And I, I really couldn't do cardio anymore because of, like, the pressure. They didn't want my blood pressure might be getting too hot or whatever. So I could, I would lift weights. And uh, I got on the scale one night. I think I sent you a picture of it. I was two. I was 242. Same. And I was like, uh, <laughs> all right. My wife was like, yeah, you're getting a little thick. I'm like, we got to fix this. But, you know, it was all happy weight. You yeah. Know, I got it off pretty quick. Um, I'm one walk around about 215 right now. So yeah. it, it came back off. Yeah. <clears throat> I was really worried when we were in um, Biloxi. First time I cornered him. Night before the fight, he was two fifteen. The night before, and then we went to eat at Waffle House, and he <laughs> took out he took out a couple eggs and pork chops. Yeah, and uh, I was I pulled his dad aside. I, I was think like, I was two twelve. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was he was up there, and I was like, you know, two o five in the morning. Yeah, and he's eating at Waffle House. Yeah. And I pulled his dad over. I was like, you gonna make way? What are we doing? And he's like, he'll be fine. The next day, we went out there in the sun, and we hit pads for about. 30 minutes in the direct sun in Biloxi, and he must have dropped six pounds right there. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's just because he's a bigger guy. I, yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't realize he would, what's, what's six pounds to him is like, a, you know. It's like yeah. 20 to someone who's a 155er. Right. Yeah. And I've got it down pretty well as far as, you know, I've been, I've been cutting weight forever. Exactly. You know, so, you know, and then just staying on top of my diet, you know, what I can eat, what I can't eat, or, you know, back and forth. Uh, you know, and I was actually walking around smaller then than I am now. You know, now I've I've found a little more of a sweet spot where I'm cutting. You know, I think the last fight, the last fight, I went up to Colorado, so I didn't know this, but couldn't sweat, couldn't sweat, <laughs> and I just started my water cut when I went up there. Well, then the difference in me, you know, pounding water and not sweating. Yeah, I was 227 a week before the fight. Yeah, we were Damn. worried. And I was like, uh, what is going on? And, you know, just kept pounding the water, and, and it ended up coming off. But I had to cut, I think I had to cut six in the sauna that time. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it was, it wasn't a bad cut. You know, it was just bad for me, yeah. you know, as yeah. far as that goes. And, and, and he's altitude training. Like, he's running stairs. He's, run, he's running. The whole time he's there, he's doing high, intense cardio. And, and he's weight. not sweating. <laughs> like, he like, sweating. He's like, bro, I am not. And we started going to that little sauna place. But still, man, it was like, he's. So when we went back to Louisiana, thankfully it was hot enough. Oh, yeah. That he just went outside, took a shirt off, starts yeah. sweating instantly. It dropped right back off. So. Yeah. This time, I'm going to have my water cut off. We're leaving Saturday for Colorado, so I'll go ahead and have my water gone, you know, 
before I go up there this time, so it won't be a stress. Right. So we're going to go back up there and do some more altitude before mm-hmm. the fight. Yeah, we're going to uh, we'll be there for ten days. Okay. So what's the what's this, the uh, the layout there like? Um, it's badass. Right? Like man, what's awesome? So just, <laughs> is this just purely to get your cardio up? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I bring my camp with me. Yeah. So um, you know, I've got you know all my buddies that are that like he was saying earlier that hang out with me. We all train together, so a couple of them usually come up uh, with me, and then uh, Jake comes up. Uh, my brother will be there this time, and I mean, we pretty much do the same thing that we do here, just in the mountains. Yeah, um, it's prettier know, and right. You know, we bring our own gear. You know, most days. We wake up um, and we just look up. All right, what are we going to do today? And there's so much to do there. Yeah, trails. I mean, everything right. is everything's high intense cardio yeah. stuff. So. And then you know, we usually just hike with the pads, and then we find a cool place to film, and we work out, and then we hike back, yeah. and then we go home, eat, rest, and then we're like, all right, what we're we about to go do now? You know, until time to go to bed, pretty much. I like that. I like that. Well, I I, I can't believe you're doing it so close to, but I like. I mean, that's cool. That right. works. I mean, I guess it's a good kind of unwind too, right before. Oh yeah. I feel like you know. Yeah, and I mean, there's. It doesn't matter what I do if I'm at home. I can't just focus on fighting. Right. You know, I've got too many responsibilities, exactly. too much stuff going on. You know, so you know, it it does affect you know me training leading up to the fight. Uh, you know, as far as what I'm able to do and then slipping around, but knowing that I've got 10 days to just focus on that, you know, one, it relieves a little bit of the anxiety when I'm not necessarily able to make it to Streetport or, or make it for this. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you know, I got, uh, you know, but it, it just gives me that isolation to where it's like, all right, you know, now we get to just, this is what we're doing. You know, we're mm-hmm. focusing on that. Everybody there is focused on the same goal, uh, you know, Making me better is what the goal is, but then we have a good time, you know, on top of that. So uh, we get to relax, chill, and train, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Our responsibility is to train and re- recover. Yeah, we're not dads, we're not coaches, we're just a fighter trainer yeah, for just, just a few that. days. <laughs> just yeah. just a few days, we're just focused on that, and I like it too. I, mean, I really enjoyed it mentally. I think it got us honed in for that last fight. We were clicking really good, and game plan works, and. I mean, it it doesn't take a lot of punches in this. And if you look at his hands, if he hits you with one of those things, yeah, it's going to crush yeah, your skull. Large. <laughs> just right. one. He don't have to hit hard. Just one of them. Yeah. I mean, that my last three opponents quit. They didn't get knocked out. They quit. Yeah. Their faces were yeah, because of just like he said, but way worse. His, right. Like his shit was like this, but their shit was like yeah. Bad. Yeah, well, I think it, I think it's important. To, yeah, that that still shot I posted of connected. Right. But I think it's important that uh, what you said early on is you're you're training where to, to land those punches at. You know. Right. You know, like yeah. so every single one is intentional. Every single thing, and another thing is too like the way the the counter. You know, like if it's a sloppy, then your counter set up. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel like that's it's just interesting. Like to wrap my head around the training of it because I've never done that. You know, I've, I've done a lot of boxing with yeah. Jake, but like right. to just specifically focus on one focal point yeah. of the face. Yeah, and it, it has a lot to do with you, know, you have to be coachable for one, but you got to be your own coach on top of it. You yeah. got to be able to, you know, take yourself out of it and correct yourself. And there's a lot. I mean, I think that's a difference in a lot of people that make it high in the sport and people that don't. You know, it's being honest with yourself. And I'm even, I'm way harder on myself than I should be most of the time. But, you know, when I throw a punch and it lands, I know if it landed right. Yeah. You know, so you have to have the wherewithal to when we're hitting mitts or we're doing whatever. And I do most of that stuff bare knuckle. But to know, you know, all right, I'm landing on these two knuckles. I know that caught out here. My wrist caught a little bit. All right. And you got to be aware of that. And, uh, you know, that that's just the biggest, the biggest thing that I feel like has helped. Yeah. And that counter, like you said, is what keeps people 
pocket shy, hey, that counter. I mean, like, I want to go get this guy, but I know, like you said, one sloppy move, yeah. he's going to roll hook, he's going to slip off and catch me. And that's why you see a lot of people just patiently waiting three, four shots around or thrown. It reminds you know me I mean? of like, it reminds me if you watch like an old school, like Chuck Liddell versus someone, you know, like waiting and picking your shots, right. but it's way more, it's way more like intentional. It has to be right. that way. <laughs> What's crazy is that you can take a guy, a really great boxer, like Pauly Malignaggi, for example, into bare knuckle. He's not necessarily going to beat the other guy. Yeah. The other guy with a little more grit sometimes will inch it out if he doesn't get his shots in first. So we don't really know the paper, rock, scissors formula for bare knuckle yet. We don't know what beats what exactly, but we're, we're figuring it out. You know what I mean? Well, and I like that. And look, man, nothing. To, there's a lot of fighters that aren't the, the finesse isn't there. You have it. You know what right. I mean? There's a lot that don't. A lot of it's just slop, sloppy hooks. Which they work if they land. Right. I mean, yeah. if you get hit hard enough anywhere, yeah. it's going to fucking work, you right. know. But like going against someone who has you know precision versus you know just throwing wild hooks, it makes a difference, you know. Right, and, and we're going to learn that October first. <laughs> That's what everybody's going to learn. Uh, you know, even Conor McGregor had said that it's not speed, it's timing. Uh, you know, he was not faster than Jose Aldo, but he knew exactly what he was going to do, and he had the perfect reaction to it because that's what he trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so and, and that's important in bare knuckle. You know, there's and that's one of the things I do like about it is because you have instances where you know maybe this guy is a better boxer than me, but we're not about to box. We're going to fight, right? And in bare knuckle, I have the option to make it a fight instead mm-hmm. of instead of a boxing match. You know, or it's like no, I, I I am a better boxer. I'm boxing this guy instead of fighting and working back and forth. So. You know, just just looking and saying, "Oh, this guy's got better boxing," or "This guy's," you know, you got to have both. Yes, you get in a weird spot. You can just flip that switch. Right. You know what I mean, okay, we got all right. We're throwing down. Right. Like, yeah, like, you know, like, like this isn't working. Okay, we're throwing down. Like Leonard and, Garcia, like, and, like and, that guy. MMA yes. or something. You can't do that because you're going to get caught in some other, you know, grapple right. submission. And you've got to be ready for that. You know, uh, yeah. I'm never going to get my back put against the cage. Because well, I train to make sure it doesn't get put there. That was another question I had. How is it like, in, and I'm asking you all these amateur questions because I've yet to be close. I haven't been to a fighting person. Right. I'm coming to this one. But, like, the cage, I mean, the cage, the ring is so much larger. It's circled. Right. Um, and the ropes aren't, you don't have the give. like a. Yeah, there's so, not a whole lot of give. Right. So right. what's that like? I mean, I guess if you're not getting your back against the ropes, it doesn't matter. But, like, just all that space. Well, they all have... Well, I mean, I enjoy the space, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm moving and using footwork and stuff. Um, I'm trying not to get put against the cage. Right. Like, I mean, I, I we had the, the fish fight, and that's what he thought he wanted to do, and he found out that wasn't what he wanted to do. <laughs> uh, you know, but, yeah, hitting the it, – it's not much different. Uh, I, I prefer it. It seems like hitting the cage hurt more. You know, you're grinding your face against it and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's basically – it's a custom-made ring, uh, and the, the ropes are actually like – I think it's square tubing. That's in there. I was wondering because it looked and like they didn't move with, much and they right. definitely weren't boxing ring ropes. Yeah, they're they're wrapped with foam and then they have, you know, the logo leather on top of yeah. it, but they have a little bit of give. So, okay. I mean, it's not like hitting a solid thing. And then I think the bottom two rungs actually break away. So, like, if you were to fall and hit your head on it, it you know, it'll break away instead of breaking your neck. Yeah, I think it's smaller than a boxing ring. Really? Like a boxing ring, standard 20, pole to pole, or 18 by 18 or 20 by 20 from pole to pole. Okay. I don't know the diameter I of feel that, like it's but bigger than that. But there's a bit, you know, they put the square up and then they make a circle on top of right, it. Right. So you have some so outside it, area that maybe. Yeah, yeah so it's cutting. I, th- I don't know if it's bigger. I don't know if it's bigger. Right, it feels. It's, it's it seems, doesn't feel huge. I, but. 
I, mean, I guess just the, the, the shape throws me off. Just looking at yeah. it, it looks yeah. larger than it probably mm-hmm. is, but right. still, it looks like a, a lot of room. And if you're that type of fighter who you are, that you like to use your footwork, take angles and right. stuff, then it's it's to your advantage. Whether you know, but you also have that small. Uh, you get that small little ring. I've been in some, I've been in some yeah. twenty foot yeah. MMA yeah. cages before, and it definitely feels bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, I got I got video of him and Mark sparring in the mini ring. Yeah, I'm yeah, making, I'm making ring, him spar yeah. in the mini ring because you can't go into the ropes. <laughs> you can't yeah. go anywhere. You'll go off the side. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they don't want the ring to be too big because that stalls the action. Yeah, you know, and then all the rules and everything that that's put in place is for action. You know, nonstop. And uh, so you know they're they're encouraging you to fight. You know, the, you're supposed to. I didn't see this in my contract, but at one time there was a like if you were if you finish the fight and neither one of you leaves the middle circle, you get like a five hundred dollar bonus. Really? Yeah, or something like that. So I haven't found anybody willing to do that with me yet. But you know that, that's my plan every time. But I used to make me think of when I first I first started training Quinn. I was asking him about bare knuckle because I talked to Johnny Bedford about how many it. fights did he have. We all hooked up. Two. Okay. So two, the last okay. three I've been with him. Okay. But I remember asking him. I was like, "Can guys?" When when they scratch at the line, can a guy take a step back? And he goes, "If you're a bitch," <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Because yeah. my ass is out. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can." But I mean, you're just you're just a bitch. Basically. I was like, "Damn, this is gonna be good." Pretty much, yeah. And then ever since then, we've been training. <laughs> that was yeah. my, like my first question about bare knuckle. I asked him. I was like, "You can you can step back, right?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to go. Yeah, you know, we got two minutes, so we're, I'm trying to do work. That's another thing you brought it up earlier, um, is Jake, and, and yeah. what you're talking about now is that those those rounds. It was always a three minute round training at, at the gym. Always three minute rounds in the fight. That two minutes just seems it, it's the pressure's there, like the urgency's there. Man, and here's here's what's weird. Okay, I went. I came here one time and fought. Mano, me and Mano, Michael Mano did. We sparred at the lot. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, I was in pretty good shape, you know. And we, we came to do some sparring, and at the end of the second round, I was breathing so hard, and I was like, "What is going on?" And I finally, I looked over, and I was like, "Hey, are these threes? <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah." I'm yeah, like, threes. "Man, you yeah. got me out here dying, yeah. <laughs> unreal," because I was pushing a two minute pace at, for three minutes. Yeah. And that's that's completely different, you know. And then, but then, you know, I came back and we sparred again, maybe a couple of weeks later or something. But the next time we sparred, I was like, "Can we do twos? And we we're like, "Yeah." Well, this time he was tired because yeah. I had two minutes to just, uh, uh, you know, stay on him the whole time. So, you know, people are like, "Oh, it's two minute rounds; it's shorter." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's a different pace." You know, it's like sprinting a hundred meter or running the mile. Right, and I, I'm a firm believer in in training what you fight because, like, I remember sometimes back in the day we would train sometimes five minute rounds, but it would throw you off if you're fighting a three minute. You know, if you're an amateur fight, oh, yeah. you're fighting a three minute versus once you turn pro and you fight a five minute, it's just. You, the pace is different, it's but a sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah. The mindset was like, okay, we're going to train these rounds to get your cardio up, but it, right. I don't think if, especially in a sparring situation, I feel like it needs to be right dialed into yeah. what you're going to look at. Well, I had this conversation with Danger. He was talking to me about this because he said he trains on different times, different times from different days, different things. Like okay. he, there's a time to do a one minute round, okay, a one minute sprint. There's a time to do a three minute round. There's a time to do a longer round, and according, you know. 
I think that um, I think that's up for debate because every time that round changes, I'm kind of changing my internal clock when I'm fighting. Like I'm learning how to gauge myself according to it's one or two minutes. I'm I'm making that internal adjustment. So syncing up to the same time, while you can see the benefit of that, I kind of see the benefit of changing it. That's what we were talking back and forth. I mean, it's 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 kind of philosophy. I think. Yeah, Yeah, there I. got this from gsp i was listening to him do an interview or something one time and he said you know he trains when he goes in there and spars or trains he does it for 25 minutes and they're like you know like obviously he does gymnastics that takes an hour but when he's training to like go spar is 25 minutes and they're like you know he's like it doesn't make any sense he said if i've got he said i need to put everything i can in that 25 minutes if i can go 30 then i didn't do the 25 yes it makes sense so he's training himself to give everything he's got in 25 minutes every time and he said if you start to work and you train for an hour your body paces itself for an hour right you can't help but do that because you've got to save some for the end so you know i've always kind of kept that that same mentality if i'm if i'm fighting for twos then i run the clock at twos yeah uh, i actually run the clock a little more than two but you know that's because i feel like the first about 10 or 15 seconds is wasted so yeah yeah i gotta get a little extra yeah well i mean yeah i mean i get yeah so right there's two sides of that i guess if you you have to have the the fight iq to know when to turn it up and down mm-hmm. but also training in those the elements of what you're going to be fighting into right yeah, you know, when the pace that I push in a fight is rough. Yeah. And as far as just physically what it's doing, you know, I mean, if you knew the physical therapy and stuff that I'm constantly doing, uh, not, you know, just to stay, keep from getting hurt, but to stave off different things, uh, you know, because I'm demanding things out of my body it probably shouldn't do. But, well, much, you know, that's what that's what happens. How much road work, like, these days, I guess, because, like, when we're doing boxing, you do a lot more road work than you would MMA right. sometimes. Like, well, how much road work are you, like, running-wise? I don't run at all, really. You don't run any? Yeah, okay. I don't do uh, any running. I would do a little bit of running, uh, but I have, like, plantar fasciitis has yeah. been bothering me a little bit lately. I, I try to ride my bike pretty often, um, you know, and then I mainly just, I, if I need cardio, then it's let's turn the clock on. And we're going to spar hard for 10 rounds and I'm going to get a new guy every round, you know, so that they're able to push me. You know, we get, we get a lot of sparring rounds in. I say spar hard, you know, we don't, we don't wear headgear because you shouldn't need headgear, you know, but, but we're moving, we're pushing the pace and, uh, you know, I just put all that work into my rounds, yeah. you know, when we're going. And you're sparring just 12 ounces? 16 usually. 16 hard. 16 yeah, yeah. usually, um, you know, but. Agrees. If you know how to spar, you're sparring with people at the right level. Right. You can do it in a controlled way and still push yeah. the cardio. You know, I think that's been a big plus with having Mark around. You know, no knock on my guys that I train with back at home, but none of them are on my level or even you know pro fighter. You know, they're there working with me and they're they're pretty good. You know, don't get me wrong, but uh, that's one of the key things that you see in high level fighters versus everyone else is their their control. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing if I can throw this jab and take your head off with it, but it's another if I can stop myself from almost yeah, taking your head off yeah. with it, right? So, uh, and having that one. type of control with the people you spar with, one, keeps you from breaking your toys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to break my sparring exactly. partners because then no one wants to train with me anymore. Well, and we all know that guy from the gym. There was, I yeah. know him. I know him. Uh, yeah. I know me and Jake know one. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few yeah. of them. Yeah, there's a few of them. And I learned that lesson hard. In the very beginning. Yeah. You know, I thought you were that younger. guy. Man. <laughs> I thought that was you. No. No, it's not <laughs> I me. I thought he was the guy. I you mean, when, when asked, I can be that guy. Yeah, he can be that you guy. Know, but, like, me and Mark, uh, I mean, if you saw us sparring, 
you know, then we, you know, when, when me and him are in there, like the younger guys in there, you know, that's kind of their time to, you know, see, and they'll, you know, and that kid was like, man, you caught him with some good ones, you know, that was going on there. And, you know, we do catch each other back and forth, but we both know at the same time, you know, like we're controlling what we're doing. We're working here. We're not fighting. And uh, being able to work with those guys makes just the biggest difference possible. You know, that was the biggest thing I remember like coming up. That was the biggest thing for me. Like I'd spar someone who's completely out of my league, but I'm, I wasn't thinking that they were going to – you should be able to move down and you know right, and right. help use them to your advantage for certain situations and stuff like Absolutely. that. But I was thinking, God, I got my ass kicked. God, I got my ass kicked. Right. That's all I was thinking because I wasn't – as you do it more, you realize, yeah. okay, you're adjusting to that level and it's helping both of you. Yeah, and people don't understand. You know, we were talking to some guys a week or two ago that there were some new guys there that have been sparring and Jake was explaining with them like, hey, look, these guys are pro fighters and like they'll go as hard as you want. Yeah, yeah. If you, you set sure, the pace. Yeah, you set and the that's pace. where they're going to keep yeah. it. And uh, you know, so you know, that's that's an important thing to be able to to right. stay on top of and, and work with everybody. You know, at their level, wherever yeah. that's going to be. You know, because that's people doing it the wrong way keep a lot of people from going and trying. Yeah, or even showing up because they go into the wrong gym and the coach is like, "Yeah, you want to get some sparring there?" And then yeah. they leave with brain damage. Yeah, you know, and they're brand new to what's going on. So. Um, you know, we, we try to keep things, you know, in a learning environment because when I'm sparring you, I'm not, at my level, I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to practice things that I need to do. Exactly. And if I can't practice those things without making, letting myself be vulnerable, then I can't get better at them. And if every time you see that I'm vulnerable, you try and decapitate me, I'm just not going to practice them. (laughs) Right. But then there's, there's always that one guy who's right even with you. Who's right there with you, and you know if you see him across the ring, you you know the, yeah. the first guy to land. It's gonna. I mean, for me, I would say he's even with me. But every time I spar Kendrick, every yeah. time I oh, spar yeah, Kendrick, first, yeah. first shot, first time someone it's, gets hit, it's like, <laughs> like I don't know if I'm ready to spar Kendrick right. today. Because yeah. yeah. you, I heard you. No, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but some guys are some guys are like that. And, yeah, and, and you gotta other, know. Yeah. The other day he was in there sparring him, and there was we had about eight guys working through with him and Mark, and they were all you know him and Mark would spar, and then guys would rotate, and a couple of guys he was boxing with 145 pounds, mm-hmm. but I'll go be like, hey, let's just parry his shots, you know, work on, let's work on seeing it, knock it away with your right hand, and then your left hand, or I'll tell Mark, let's just slip this round, like you can hit the guy if you need to. Let him throw his shots, but let's work on slipping and going around. You know, practicing one thing with the lower level guy, and uh, you know, you have to worry about getting your head knocked off. So I think it's beneficial to work with people that aren't as good as you, and everyone, everyone kind of wins. Yeah, and I've been on the flip side of that, you know, because coming up when we always trained, it didn't matter how big the person was; no. you just sparred everybody. Yeah, you sparred everybody. Same thing as grappling. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if I outweigh them or whatever; you just you spar whoever, but. You know, I've I've been a victim of that a lot of times, you know, where it's a guy who's much bigger. But, you know, it worked for me because of my mentality. But I can understand how a lot of people, you know, are like Garrett McGrew is a guy I trained with forever and just a big dude, freak athlete. And but he, he lacks that control. And it's not like he's trying to hurt you. But he's in order for him to throw it that fast and hit you, it's coming. You know, it's going to do some <laughs> damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. And me as a pro, that was great because I needed that every now and then. Like, because if I he hit me, I was going down. Yeah, you know, uh, he I, he hit me so hard one time. I thought I, it felt like when his glove removed, it was going to be imprinted in my face. <laughs> like my whole face was caved in, and uh, you know. But I, 
I have different aspirations than some people. You know, some people just want to get in there and get a yeah. workout, or some people, you know, at that point in my career, I was, I was, I guess, seasoned enough to take that yeah. and look at it as a positive thing. But you know, you got to have, uh, you know, especially guys like me because they come in here and they watch us far and they want to do what we're doing. And if you just get in there and beat the crap out of them. They're, you know, you're just proving to them in their head what they already felt like they knew, you yeah. know, is that they can't do it. So. And, and DJ, this too, if anyone ever comes to you before you spar and say, okay, we're going to go 40%, <laughs> what that means is you're going to go 40% and I'm going to knock your fucking head off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that means. So don't ever listen to yeah. that shit. You say, I will go as hard as you go. Yeah. That's, that's what I that's, said. That's how it would be too. I mean, I know you remember that. But like it was, dude, we, we used to beat the show. So just like you said, I mean, we're probably the same yeah. mentality. Just box him. See, I'm a lot ass. nicer about it because <laughs> yeah. I go with a lot of people and they're bigger guys or, you know, but like what I judge it based on is the intent behind the punch. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, how hard the punch landed. It's how hard you meant for it to land, you know, the, and I can tell as to what you're doing. Yeah, uh, you can see it on their face. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Whoa, bro, what's wrong? And what's the, the, the matter? Hips. And the right. hips. Like, so you then, see the hip turn up. Yeah. Ooh, the so rage. Then, you know, I, that usually rage. happens, and then I'll usually hit them really good once or twice. I'll usually stick them super hard, and then I'll just be like, we can I, we can do this if you want to. Yeah. You know, but think about it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, all right, man, my bad, my bad. You know, uh, but a lot of guys like me aren't like that. You know, you go to tee off on them, and they're like, oh, free range. It's time. Yeah. You know, and I'm more like, you know, forgive them more for they know not what they do type of situation. And then let me remind them real quick. (laughs) And then they go, that was a jab? And I'm like, yeah, you really want to do this? And then they're like, no, no, no. do a lot of battle of the badge work, work with firemen, police, and a lot of times those guys come in, and they're all tough guys. They just don't know how to box yet. So they're tough, and they'll throw big shots at you. And I like stand stand right in front of them, let them throw, and you just kind of sidestep, and they'll just fall over. Like, bro, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it, putting everything they got into it. Yeah, that, I mean, some people can't help but just that's what they think that boxing is. It, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people. There's just like the people that are the 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 proud commentary. You know, like there's always gonna be the people that say everything. They even and I'm probably even more so in bare knuckle because they relate it to like a street fight, but it still isn't right because a lot of times in a street fight scenario. um, one of you is better than the other, and it's not well matched up, right. or one's intoxicated. Yeah, or, yeah, it's, yeah. Ne- it's, it's never like the same skill level, the, ne- the same weight, slightly intoxicated, you know, whatever yeah. the variance no may be. Like, one's no rules. One's transvestite. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Yeah, it's man, whatever. but like, it's a lot of people just, they, they have things to say because they think that they may have gotten a little tussle somewhere that they know what they're talking about. But honestly, you just don't, man. Until you do, until you do that specific sport and train that specific thing to get into that specific match, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Man, you're... Uh, you're preaching to the choir with that. There's yeah. so many guys out there. I had a guy, uh, you know, come up to me after we had, we did battle the badges. You know, I went and in was Monroe in the fight. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, after at the after party, I was sitting there talking to J.R. Moore, one of the promoters, and his wife, and uh, the this little fella come up and was like, he'd already talked to me earlier and kind of driven me crazy, but he had uh, like was showing me his knuckles and was saying something. And, like, it was loud for one, and two, he was so far away, I couldn't, you know, I had to bend over, and I'm like, what was it? And uh, he was like, uh, you ain't the only one with, with uh, scabs on your knuckles. Okay. And I'm like, do what? I'm like, is this guy trying to fight me right now? You know, and I'm not drinking, you know, I'm just at the, right. you know, and I'm like, uh, 
I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, you know, you know, this and that going on, but she said, okay, weird flex, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, weird flex, but okay, you know, and it's just, it's what's funny about it is the misconception that that men have in the difference between me and and them, right? People that haven't trained, right? right? You know, like I'm I'm the number two bare knuckle boxer on the planet at 205. Yeah. Okay, so who would be the number two basketball player in the NBA? You know, debatable. You know, Steph Curry, LeBron James. Yeah. You want to go, would you go to LeBron James? i play horse with him. And, <laughs> and let him know, like, hey, bro, you ain't the only one that's got a crossover. Exactly. All right. You know, that can shoot a jumper. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, like, and it's something like they just have to prove themselves. They have to let me know yeah. that. They want me to know that they know that I know that they're not a punk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I don't That's, even care. Yeah, it's like, at all. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> a security thing. And it's, it's big and it's big and, um, yeah. And dude, I think that was, I fought with that young when I started into, because, it was we all when you go out somewhere, right. that's what happened, you yeah. know. And then you start getting into the gym, and you still were kind of had that weird flex. Well, I, hey, by the way, motherfucker, I train, you know, I fight, oh, yeah. you know. But then you get to <laughs> yeah, the point so where you're good. like, okay, now I'm on a different level. So we're like, I don't have time for that, nor right. you know, it's like. But a lot I'm, of it I'm, is that you understand that it's dangerous, exactly, because you've been exposed to it, exactly. And the fact that people are uh, blissfully ignorant of it is what makes them so brave, exactly. And uh, you know what the I, the fact that I know all the things that could go wrong is what makes me not want to have a fight, exactly. You know, and so it, it's just funny that how that transcends. It's differently. It's completely different with fighting than any other sport. You know. Uh, I had a guy that had never had a fight before that wanted told me, you know, he was going to be in Bernacle Fighting Championships. He's 32. You know, great guy. You know, love him to death. He's one of my students. But I told him flat out, I said, you know, I'm having trouble getting on their cards. At the time, I was. And I'm like, what makes you think you can get on one? You know, like, I was like, I'm not going to pick up a guitar and then never play a day in my life and be like, hey, you know what? I'm playing at the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. I'm going to do it, yeah. you know, like within this many years. And it's just uh, it, it's just strange how men just attract themselves to that type of thing, you yeah. know, and just the misconceptions. To, to add to that, um, being a boxing coach in Shreveport, Bozier, going out at night and stuff, you should <laughs> yeah. you should hear the shit I'm told by people. People that imagine, like man. to – I just noticed that a lot of people like to come up and let me know that they have had fights. They are – 10 and 0 street fighter <laughs> yeah. they they would do boxing or but they would kill someone yeah. so i say thank you yeah. thank you for not boxing yeah. because yeah. you would thank you for not <laughs> right. thank you for me and all my boxing friends we want to give you a thank you for not doing it <laughs> yeah, that's i see that shit but why do dudes have to come up at, like oh, we're at the lot everyone's out there drinking partying guy comes up he's like i knocked out 15 people i'm like I don't care, bro. I don't care. Like that's the same shit. Uh, dude, it's, that was something we grew up in, though, man. I mean, I, I remember that, like being a thing. And until you get into until you get into the sport and respect it, you realize that it's, it's all bullshit. You know, like coming down from not understanding it and not competing and not not right. knowing that you're on a whole other level than someone just throwing some punches behind a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had an interview the other day. Somebody was asking me, you know, like how many fights, uh, you know. Did you get into like when you're eight, nine, ten years old? You know this and that, and I'm like, I didn't, none. Yeah, you know, like I've been training to fight since I was four years old. Yeah, so I've known <laughs> what it what the results are when you fight. You know what can happen, and uh, you know, so I, you know, I think it kept me from getting out of into a lot of fights. Uh, but you know, when I did get in fights, I was fine. Yeah, but 
you know, that that's one of the things that people worry about getting their kids into boxing and, you know, I don't want them to make them mean. It's like, no, what you're doing is you're teaching them respect for it. Yeah. You're teaching them what happens when, when something goes wrong, you know, because I've got, I got little boys in my gym that'll be coming and doing jujitsu and, and, you know, they're not listening. They're not paying attention. And then the first thing I do is match them up with a girl. And they get wrecked. <laughs> and I have a little girl wreck them. And I talk smack to them about it the whole time. And, uh, you know, that's, but that's what they need. Yeah. They need to be humbled because they need to realize, okay, I'm not that tough. Well, there's another thing, too. Jiu-Jitsu is a great thing to bring up there is that, like, at that age, you know, 7 to 12 years old or whatever, when all the bullying really happens in right. schools, like, being able to have the control that if you do get in a situation, you can deter someone without hurting them, too. Right. That's another good thing. I think that's a skill, especially from jiu-jitsu. Right. Like, put them in a position to where, hey, man, we're not doing this, but by the way, let, I'm letting you know I can handle it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, but just, just get exposing them to it is what's teaching them. Yeah. You know, you're educating them on it. You know, it's like the best way to teach gun safety is to teach them how to use a gun. Right. You know, and, you know, the same thing with, you know, like Jake has got the youth boxing program here in town. And, you know, that's that's what I think a lot of people are missing and they don't understand, you know, like because I'm a product of that. You know, I didn't my dad didn't start me in martial arts because he thought I was going to be the champion bare knuckle fighter. You know, it was something that he did. And then but it was something that kept me active. But it also gave me respect for fighting yeah. and, and, you know, not a respectful fear or a healthy fear of it, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, as a man, you need that. You need to be humbled as a child. You need that. And the sooner you can get it, the better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's my little sales pitch for anybody yeah, that, uh, you know, find a gym uh, and get your kids active in that. Well, I was I mean, I can I know that for a fact because I was a knucklehead until I got into it. Right. Because I thought I was a tough guy. Yeah. You know, until I started right. getting my ears rang every fucking day going in the gym. And I realized, hey, man, I have respect for this now. You know, it's different. Right. Because then you, that happens to you when there's a coach there and there's a round timer and mm-hmm. you can tap out. And then you go, okay, what if I ran into this guy in a dark alley? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like, what would he do to me? <laughs> you know, what would happen? So, and you never know. You know what I mean? Like, there's been plenty of people that. You know, there's somebody that could be coming down here from Iowa and not be a fighter at all, but he wrestled for six years when he was a kid exactly. and he picks you up and slams you. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's uh, you don't know. Another thing you can do is when you see someone really good, like when Kendrick does come into our gym and works out, the other kids can see him, see what he's doing, ask about his diet. How does he? How does yeah. he stay so lean? You can see why someone's so good when you go to the gym. Not you know, you can see what the goal and then like, okay, I really do want to be a fighter. It takes a, a commitment of life. Yeah, and it's it, like what you were saying, what you were saying, like you, it's great for self-discipline. I think it's the best thing in the world for self-discipline because so many of us don't have, especially this day and age versus, you know, 20 years ago. But it's also great if you want to compete. It's good all the way around, like any type of like from jujitsu to boxing. I think if you compete in any of the or train in any of those aspects, it's great for, you know, to your self-discipline. If you actually want to fight a sense of um Meditation, if you right. would, or therapy, you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of thing. Time, yeah it lets you time. get some aggression out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's self healing. It's, it's food for your soul. It's you working on any art, whether it's painting, music, whatever it is, you working on that art. It is for art. For your soul. It is art. That's, that's right. a personal and, you know, investment. It's funny the way it works is because, like, the more disciplined you are, the better you'll become at it. But the less disciplined you are, if you keep doing it, the more lessons you'll learn. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you're learning. Okay, I'm throwing up right now because I, you know, I drank this weekend, or you know, and and it's there to always hold you accountable. It's always yeah. a, a self check. That's a good point too. And, and what you're doing is accountable as fuck. Like as far as the sport, like if right. you make one mistake, 
it's there's a lot there's less leeway. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. in that no reaction. Doubt. You know, you get guys like you know you hear people talk about. There ain't no way. I think Lorenzo said there ain't no way he'll knock me out. Let me hit you. <laughs> if I hit you once, you yeah, you can be knocked out. I yeah. promise you. Uh, you know, once you're my size, and and I feel like I hit extremely hard for even my size, but uh, you know, I'm a firm believer. Once you know you're about 170 pounds, you knock anybody out if you throw a decent punch. Yeah, it's just got to land right. Yeah, um, you know, so you know, that's that's another. I've seen it plenty of times. You know, I've seen big guys get dropped, and I've seen little guys get dropped for just same size, just from seem like nothing. You know, and I've knocked people out with punches that were like, man, I didn't hit him that hard. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, you know, there, it's just more of that, that fool's play. Well, look, man, I've had a good time today. Yeah, is there anything? Like, yeah, I mean, we're already over an hour, man. Right. We're on, yeah. yeah, so well, let's wrap this thing up. Is there anything, uh, any final thoughts or anything y'all want to say? Anything you got to say? Man, I'm just super uh, excited about the fight. Being in Monroe, getting to bring, you know, bare knuckle to Louisiana. We're going to have, uh, you know, Lauren Thibodeau and, and the other guys on the card. I'm Andy. I'm super excited about that. I haven't you seen know. Andy in years, man. Right. You know, we're able to, you know, which well, she's been on one fight for him already. So, okay. you know, but, you know, them getting an opportunity to kind of do this at home. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm able to kind of bring that here. Um, man, I'm just uh, thankful for God and what he's been doing in my life and, you know, bringing all the right people around me as far as helping things fall into place. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm just just super focused. You know, it, everything, I've never felt better for a fight. Uh, you know, and it's like I, I know what the result's going to be. I just got to do the work. Yeah. And I think that uh, our state as a whole, we were so close with Dustin Poirier and Khabib. We were so close to that Super Bowl win. And we've been close, and we've got great fighters that may down the road get get championships. But this is our Super Bowl, and this is our state, and we want everyone to stand up. And we're going to have a big-ass party when this is over and he wins. We're going to have a big celebration. And I'm already already celebrating. I feel like we already won. I'm excited, man. I'm ready. We're there. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.